Hey, what's going on? This is Chris, and thank you for tuning in to another week of Yamanote, Tech and Society. This is going to be one of those podcasts that where somebody sits down and blabs about things that they've been dealing with in their life, things they've read, things they've been interested in working on, and uh, also looking for some feedback, insight, and other things from other people who are listening to podcasts. Um, so the next 30 minutes, we will be um, just going over a few things that um, I was actually talking about last week, and we're going to talk a little bit about what I talk about in the mailing list. Um, if you guys are interested in getting the mailing list, you know, just you can always send me a uh, ping out on the uh, in one of the social media contacts that I leave the media um, for my appearances. If you're not able to get the mailing list but yet, you could just go ahead and send me an email at ksamuel.chris at gmail.com and I'll leave that in the description below. Um, if you're of Twitter person and you enjoy using that type of social media outlet, you could just look for Yamanote underscore Intech and you should be able to see the uh, my profile for the podcast and you can just um, look through the profiles and get the the, uh, the link to the to the mailing list. So uh, got a lot of things going on today. I mean, so it's this is episode number twelve. Time flies. I remember I started this four months, three months ago. Three months to the day I started this podcast. And I started it with no, like, real reason at all. I just didn't want to start one without having something truly to say. And it's, I kind of come to find out that I like being able to use this as a method of, like, you know, dumping my thoughts into a into a space that, if and which is tagged properly, um, can maybe touch other people who are looking to learn things too. You know, one thing I, I find interesting is that we have all this access to internet. You know, if, if all this information you know on the internet, um, we learn new things on our own, but we don't get a chance to necessarily share that information because. We don't store it properly, you know. So being a content creator, which is what I'm learning to do right now, is one way of doing it. And one way of doing it would be using a medium such as audio podcasting, which is great. Because one thing about it is that you don't have to worry about setting up a big set. All you need is a nice microphone. And not even a microphone. You could just do, you know, on your phone, you know. And I'm doing this all through Anchor FM which is pretty much an on a uh, desktop application that's on the web that allows you to basically record on your, through the browser. You also can use other videos as well, but I would try to go ahead and look into other things too. Um, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll talk more. This led to a lot of needless economic suffering. I feel a deep sense of responsibility to share my simple but practical economic template. Though it's unconventional, it has helped me to anticipate and to sidestep the global financial crisis, and it has worked well for me for over 30 years. Let's begin. Though the economy might seem complex, it works in a simple, mechanical way. 
It's made up of a few simple parts and a lot of simple transactions that are repeated over and over again a zillion times. These transactions are above all else driven by human nature and create three main forces that drive the economy. Number one, productivity growth. Number two, the short-term debt cycle. And number three, the long-term debt cycle. We'll look at these three forces and how laying them on top of each other creates a good template for tracking economic movements and figuring out what's happening now. All right, welcome back. And uh, I wanted to go ahead and just talk about that last clip I was using for the uh, little, I guess, like, segue. The audio clip comes from a YouTube video called... Um, how the Economic Machine Works by Ray Dalio. Uh, if So, you know, of course you already understand that Ray Dalio is probably, you know, one of the most reputable persons who basically has built a, a company called Bridgewater Water Associates that ha manages head fund um, and portfolio management and was also um, known for su uh, basically successfully um, predicting the 2008 um Debt crisis that happened here in the United States. Now you know he's you know already in his he's at a time of his life where he felt like he wanted to share some information, and I really like this video. I really like how he broke down uh, the the idea of what how the economy works into small pieces, and over a thirty minute video was able to explain you know roughly how things work you know for the economy so if you are looking to for instance start a economic one-on-one class or you're interested in investing or you're going to buy a house or you're just starting college or you just finished high school or you're just about and you, you anything you probably are doing right now you might want to listen to this video because it really helps with getting an, an idea i always feel that when you're trying to learn anything that you need to understand like a broad model, a broad understanding of what going on. For instance, you know, for uh, uh, let's take something about cooking. Okay, so if you're going to cook, you want to know how to handle your stove. You want to know what are your tools to make the food. You want to understand basic measurement, you know, techniques. You want to know on how... Uh, how much stuff you should put into your bowl? Why? Why? You know, rather than putting too much, and you know, there might be an idea if you're looking at those things. For instance, programming. If you're programming like actual application on a computer, you would want to know how to use, you know, your particular computer. You would want to know what are the best tools to help you debug and and to break down your code you want to know how to run your code and and you know you want to also know how to deploy your code and and, and update it and, and you may want to be able to work with other people and you might want to know how to learn more or what to do if you don't know enough and there, there's a lot of processes and breaking those things down to smaller processes helps you understand and uh, with my experience you know i've noticed that people don't necessarily know enough to actually maintain a level of of productivity, meaning that I feel like sometimes uh, people give up too early, people don't start quick enough, people don't execute, 
And it's I've noticed myself that I also was at that point. You know, growing up, I I, I mean, I since I, I think here in America, when I started working at sixteen, for instance, I had myself a um, what do you call it again? Like a job uh, working um, card. Basically, it's like a work permit where it allows you to kind of work. You know, uh, I think at least four hours a day, and you can. Um, you can have a job and work, and I, I kind of jumped on that. I even, you know, took it even a bit further and made a copy of my work permit and gave it to um, another job. I started working at ShopRite, for instance, and then across the street was a Blockbuster video. Blockbuster video was this video store, and I noticed that working was allowing me to have money, and money was always good. And I was able to do things like you know, buy things from my house. I was able to help my parents out with, you know, some groceries or paying electricity bill or the cable bill, you know. But then I didn't have these um, ideas. I didn't have these, um, I didn't have these, uh, like, what do you call it again? I didn't have these, uh, these, these tools. I didn't have these, the words or the information about, you know, investing. You know, when I went to school, I just followed, you know, what, the next person said to do and with this particular economic um with the economic uh explanation you know explaining how the economy is which i do go over in another article that i put on my blog that explains that you have to really understand like how it works like how something works before you can take it out before you start um, you putting a bite together, you have to read the instructions. You know, no one really tells us the instructions on how to handle our money or how to finance our home or um, how to work at a job or even how to you know invest in school. So it becomes very difficult for people who think that they can just follow you know the tips that were given to them or to their you know to their superiors or their parents or whomever they trust as as the only thing they use to get through life and that's not that's not at all the the clear thing i mean um and it's not all true so i feel that uh if you take the time i would actually listen to the video and if you don't i i will go ahead and i'll go over it real quick roughly in this in the next section i'm gonna just go over it i feel like it's something I was talking about too about with other people and I feel like once I I this is not the only time I heard that him um, had heard this particular topic talked about but it's just refreshing to keep hearing it over and over and over and then now you're hearing you know successful people talk about it you know if and you know people who are writing not only writing books but they're actually online and the internet allows uh, it allows the information to move very quickly you don't have to wait for the book to be published and for it to end up in your school and the teacher to bring it up, you know? You don't have to end up it you don't have to hasn't have, doesn't have to end up on Oprah's, you know, favorite book book club list, you know? And your friends and family don't necessarily have the the capacity sometimes to pick up the information and pass it around. That's why I think that this podcast and these books and these information is important. Because we don't have the idea, or we don't have the, we don't have the the uh, the vision sometimes to see through it. You know, me after working since I've been sixteen years old, then until now, noticing that 
is more than just working. It's also how you use your money, how you spend your time. That also plays a lot into how you are successful. I just feel like it's more important for me to, to try to pass along these principles is what Ray Dalio called this book, and he also called it during his YouTube channel, the principles. So that way you'll listen to what he has to say. I will explain how it correlates to me, and then you can connect the dots and how it can help you. And then hopefully you pass it on to someone else too. That's what I think this is really cool. So I'm going to take a break real quick. And then when we get back, I'm just going to talk about that. Okay. Um, thanks for, you know, coming back. If you, if you are watching, listening to this straight through, um, this is a Yamanote uh, Tech and Society uh, podcast. And we are here to help share information that we think is matters most. That's just not me, but whomever feels that there's something that they need to express or address to people into helping them better themselves or help better um, each other, you know, family, friends, or even strangers. So uh, the last time I was basically talking about was basically uh, the words from Ray Dalio Principles, which is a book that he has not only turned into a audio book, but he's also broken down some of the pieces from the book and shared it with the um, YouTube family. So they basically have created videos where they animated the 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 the, the parts of the book about economic principles, life, life, personal principles, and, and whatnot. So I think that if you're going to go ahead and try and read the book, and you may not be, if you're listening to this and you feel like this is important, you may not be the type of person who may read the book right away. I mean, it's okay. Uh, I do feel that this YouTube video would be great, though. And if you don't have time for a YouTube video, my, you know, five minute rant, what I'll basically do right now, that will help you to understand a little bit about what, um, about what he was actually trying to say. All right. So <clears throat> the economic machine, um, the, the actual video basically talks about how the economy worked from a very simple standpoint. It talks about that there are three human forces, uh, forces of nature, productivity, the product, meaning the productivity cycle, the short-term depth cycle, and the long-term depth cycle. These three cycles are what consistently happen throughout the economy. Now, the small the smaller fluctuations of these particular cycles are of these particular cycles um, are made up of what we call transactions. A transaction can be anything where someone is basically exchanging goods and services or financial assets for money or um, some sort of asset or credit. And what you want to basically understand is that when it comes down to, you know, starting out with your life, you know, you, you might just be finishing school, you might be just starting school, you want to know 
where your money is going. So if, if you're going to you know, take out a lot, of, a lot of debt for your student loans, or you're going to take out a lot of money, not a lot of debt, student loan debt for college, for instance, you want to make sure that the money that you're actually taking out is going to pay off in the long run. So that means you need to know what you're taking, what classes you're actually taking. And you also want to make sure that um, you're also sharing that information with people, not just your family and your friends, but maybe you want to talk to a financial advisor from your bank, or you might want to go on the phone and talk with one of the student loan um, you know, uh, representatives. You know, you might want to you know post that stuff online or Instagram and stuff like that, and get other people's feedback. You know, find out. There's a few people online right now that are actually providing like free. Um, free information right now, like free consulting, you know, over the phone on their own podcast. I forget the guy's name. I, w- I will definitely find it and, and send it to you guys. But I wish that these people were out there earlier. I mean, one person like Susie Orman, if for instance, she is a person who um, has her own business. She talks about financial advice and stuff like that. But I remember listening to one of her um, talk interviews um, not a, a, a while ago, maybe Late maybe like two thousand eight, two thousand nine, where she said that she actually started with her started investing when she took out her student loan, her student loans, and she actually invested her student loans into into the uh, in the stock market, and that is wild. I mean, like I don't necessarily recommend anybody really to do that, but you know the amount of information that she had at the time to make her feel confident enough to do that. I didn't have that type of people around me. You know, when I finished high school, I, I I knew I wanted to go to school. I knew I, I had this idea, this passion of working in like programming of like games or uh, working in um, design of video games and stuff like that. It was, it, I didn't know where exactly, but I, I knew that that's where I wanted to go. And I had to start from scratch, you know, and I was going to school and I was going to work, but I didn't have the... Like I didn't have like a, the person around me that's like, oh yeah, you know, uh, you know, if you should, you should try to invest in this, or you should invest in that, or you should study this. I I had people who I knew who was able to tell me, hey, you should, if you're gonna go to school for programming, study computer science, and that was a long, that was a long uh, path at the time because I uh, needed to kind of take a lot of math and I needed to focus on um, where where I was going to go for school. And uh, I, I was going to a community college at first, but I was also sidewinded not with so many different things going on, you know, trying to hang out with friends, trying to keep up with a girlfriend, trying to go to work, trying to play a game, trying to do everything. And I noticed that that kind of slows you down. And I think that's kind of like a part of the game when it comes down to the economy, going back to that, that, uh, if your productivity increases, then you can manage. Then you you can manage to get more money than not having um, any productivity. So, like if let's say you're on a farm and you want to increase your productivity by buying a better tractor instead of like planting it manually, that will increase your productivity and you'll be able to reap the benefits of your harvest. So using the going to the bank and lending and getting them to lend money to you for a better tractor is probably good, better. Or maybe, you know, buying, you know, better 
you know, tools to milk the cows or whatever the case may be. But if you go ahead and you like take out a credit, use a credit card, which was one of the issues that they did in school was like they were always trying to get people to get credit cards. Um, and you would start buying clothes and, and games and stuff like that. I remember when I, when I got my first student refund back my first year from in, in college, I went and got myself like a phone, not phone, um, a CD player. I bought air, I bought some nicer clothes, you know, and this is because I really didn't have much growing up. I kind of, uh, I kind of was a little bit um, picky with how I spent my money. I wasn't buying too many things, but I, I got like maybe like I think I think about thousand dollars, and I used about five hundred dollars to help me buy a car. That my parents helped me, helped me probably buy. I put hundred dollars to the side, and then I went ahead and used the rest of the money I had for me. Um, I got into a car accident when I was younger, and we got like some sort of like money deal reward and eighteen. And it wasn't was that much. It was like my, it was like five thousand dollars. And because of that, I didn't, I could have invested that, you know, and I could have maybe bought, you know, stock, you know, and like uh, I don't know, GameStop right there and there. I mean, Amazon was just about starting up. I mean, like all these things like hits me when I'm like, wow, I wish I would have known about that. But my environment wasn't set up this way. You know, and the computer, the internet was just coming, was coming along. I mean, like I think I had AOL. I had just got the very first cable modem, which you know at the time we didn't have a router. So when me and my brother wanted to play on different computers, we bought a modem for each one of us. When you know later on that got squashed, and now we had routers. Thank God, the cable vision at the time was trying to get everybody to pay a modem for each one. But no, I digress right now. So and. Uh, I thought that the uh, the idea of building your um, your your your, um, your 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 brand and building your ideas was um, not building your brands. I'm sorry. Wait, building your um, like your 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 I you if you have your dream and you want to go to school and stuff like that was just by just going to school and taking one class after another. It wasn't until I noticed that after you know a couple of days, after a couple of years of me finishing and actually going to another school, that the school was even much more expensive, and it took a lot more money from me. Like you know, it would cost more money. After I took out like the two um, student loans, they actually asked for another amount on top of that to to pay for the um to you know to be to take classes in school and and. I wish I never would have done that because I I, I mean it, it was necessary but it wasn't necessary like I could have taken the slower route and just stayed at stuff Suffolk until I got my my the, um my my uh, associate's degree said I went and got my associate's degree and paid a lot more money for it at Briarcliff which at this time that school was closed down because they went bankrupt you know I think like two three years ago you know, that's just telling you know that that's what happens around here. So understanding the ideas of the economy, going back to this again, um, the economy is built on, you know, supply and demand and using your the level of transactions, not just between you and a bank, but the you or to another person. So one person's who one person's um um, services that they give you as another person's income. You know, one person's cash is another person's income. And if you add up all of the number of, in, of if you add up all of the number of transactions and then and the number of the quantity of each transaction, you will get the equal. You will, you will get the total price of 
the um, of of all of the uh, of all of the transactions in the economy. And they try to go and and Ray Dalio tries to go over this using like a mechanical like a mechanical concept. He talks about if you hit the um, if you pull the the lever, if you know, basically there there are certain characters that you are in in the uh, the economy that can manage these things. You have the the government, the central government that is allowed to um, give money to the people like directly, either through unemployment or through some sort of like you know subsidies or stuff like that, or like student loans, for instance. And then you have um, they can also, and you have the central bank, which is they can actually. Um, increase or decrease the interest rates. Basically, interest rates will be how much money they can they um, you have to pay back on the loans that you take out. So, for instance, like credit cards or student loans or uh, all types of things, um, car loans, any type of loan that you basically take out, the borrower will have to pay back certain levels of that, and they can print money. But there is one thing that the um, that the central bank can't do. They can't buy financial assets. So they can't. So they're basically at the at the mercy of making sure that if the government wants to, if, if, the, if the economy needs to stay afloat, they need to manage how much money they're printing. So if they print too much money, it causes inflation, meaning that prices will rise because more people have access to paying for certain things. So to keep people from paying it, you know, you would keep to keep people from being able to pay for it. They need to uh, increase the prices. So when prices increase, in my opinion, in my perception, now it's not necessarily because you don't you, that you're supposed to owe pay more money for it. It's like if it's too expensive, that means you're not supposed to buy it, and you should find some other way of managing without it. You know, so you know, I I learned that uh, that's why I, buying a used car rather than buying a brand new car is one way I avoid those things. Or um, sometimes if um, you buy a car and the car is cheap, but some reason your insurance is very expensive. You know, I, I ran into those things too. But what I used to do was just find ways out of it, like one way out of another. I would not necessarily go ahead and um, and and like avoid it entirely. I mean, I think it was because I didn't know another way but you know, and that's that's neither here nor there. But uh, going, what Ray Dalio spends a lot of time speaking about this, and he overall gives a good um, description of what you what you should expect, not really what you should do, what what you will expect when um, when there's a, a, a the, the 2008 economic crisis. You know, it basically. Um, money was basically uh, more more readily available from like around 1982 on to 2008, and um, the crash happened because there was um, more money in the economy relative to the amount of money the the bank had to pay back, stuff like that. So, and as the banks had less money to pay their bets off with because of the credit that was basically being given isn't real. It's not really like real money. It's all the banks make out of thin air. It can cause problems. Now, now there's other things we can talk about, like the, the subprime mortgage, you know, scandals and stuff like that. But 
um, they were able to predict that this was going to happen. So Ray Dalio and, and his company, Bridgewater Associates, you can basically say that this stuff can be predictable. So if, if they can predict it, then you should be able to as well. And with that mindset, it really pays that if somebody should find more time to you know invest and look into what's going on and listening to other podcasts and other bloggers and and other news reporters and making sure you're keeping track of how your money is being spent and saved and shared you know because if you don't have a clear understanding it really will you really get you you're, you're more upset when you following a um um on you're following like a on a false truth. I mean, to me, like I I would prefer to have educated, have have my own personal beliefs and my educated guesses, and not have a fault and like have a problem with that because like oh I made a mistake because of blah 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 blah. You know, if I lose because of that, that's important. That's fine. But if I lose because I believe that this was the right way, and you still lose, you usually are much more upset and disappointed. So that's where that whole you know the video on um, the uh, the video goes, and I would definitely say to continue to listen to it even even now. Now, if you're more interested, you could even pause this right now and go and check it out. But I definitely think that the economic uh, machine of of the, the examples that he gave us in the video really helps with understanding that um, that we need to have transactions in order to increase productivity. And you need credit in order to streamline that. So that goes into the next piece where he talked about that even if you have somebody who is productive, that doesn't mean that they can always get to their their they can get their job done as quickly as possible. Meaning that they might need a car or and they might get a house. I mean, they need a place to stay, and buying a house may be more advantageous for them. So buying a house will allow them to raise a family. And then they don't have, and they can save on on paying for rent, but then that, that that brings us to another idea. You know, I never really paid for a house, and I always wondered if dying for a house or renting was necessarily you know better or good. I'm I'm actually coming to the understanding that it really depends on where you are. So if you live in like a city, and you can pay your rent, it's probably more better to have a much more better. It's not a word. It's not a phrase. It's it's probably much more at your advantage to rent, because renting allows you know if your money is not as consistent, meaning that you make money you know on a rec- like you know you you work. I mean, I work like as a contracting developer, so I spend a lot of my time. Um, we'll spend you know I'll make you know like two three times as much money as I would make if I was working a full time job. And I make that in um, in in a on a on a monthly basis, and then after that, I spend the rest of the year, you know, working on a particular skill to prepare myself for the next job, next next week, next next month, or next year, whatever the case may be. So, paying attention to that, um, it helps me to also to to streamline how and plan out how my money is being spent. I think that when I was working on a full time employee. The money wasn't as much, but it was more dependable and predictable. But even then, I didn't pay attention to the money the right way. I I try. I I would always think I can always overtime everything to completion, and I that wasn't that's not how it is. And no one really tells you what's the right way and what's the wrong way. And I think that that's where 
we I have to step in to kind of share that. So I think that in the next more in the videos, I will I'm gonna start sharing like my tax returns, I'm gonna share like my student loans, I'm gonna share like how much I pay, where I pay them, when I pay for them, what happens when I don't pay them, and everything to kind of help other people be able to see what is actually true and what isn't. And um, yeah, so I think that that's it for today. For that for that section and um, coming up next, um, I think I wanted to talk a little bit about um, the the, uh, the the gaming industry and like how why it's really really important to you know play games these days. Sorry, but I don't want to be an emperor. That's not my business. I don't want to rule or conquer anyone. I should like to help everyone if possible. Jew, Gentile, black man, white. We all want to help one another. Human beings are like that. We want to live by each other's happiness, not by each other's misery. We don't want to hate and despise one another. In this world, there's room for everyone. The good earth is rich and can provide for everyone. The way of life can be free and beautiful. But we have lost the way. Greed has poisoned men's souls. It has barricaded the world with hate. It has ghost-stepped us into misery and bloodshed. We have developed speed, but we have shut ourselves in. Machinery that gives abundance has left us in want. All right, so we're already at the 30 minute point. Always, I want to do like 30 minutes, that's it. But I uh, want to go ahead and just put in a little bit of a, a blurb into the, uh, this, this little gaming section. So I've been spending, um, you know, maybe like an hour, two hours. Um, you know, playing these uh, online games like they're like really fun, and I, and I and it has it's not because of that game. It's also the um, it's actually like a uh, I started playing a tabletop game. It's called Magic the Gathering, and since I was in high school, I was introduced to it by my friends who um, they started playing the, the card game, and it was relatively fun. I think most people would play in groups, but I really enjoy playing that one on one game, and it's become relatively addicting and in order to balance out the amount of time I'm spending with it I decided to build a blog and um, some commentary to explaining it to other people this way it kind of helps with the idea of spending that time with it it goes it, it becomes it provides value towards something else and that's what I'm trying to get people people to do as well for other things they're looking to do. You know, if you like, if you're if you're a big fan of going to the movies every single day or every single weekend, you should start a blog and start talking about it, writing, writing, jotting information down, talking to people, interviewing people in at the movie theater. You know, starting. I mean, there's a lot of people on podcasts who have done that too. You know, um, but the reason why you do that is that it helps to help other people get um, get awareness of, of of why you like it. And they helps them to also to get an idea whether they should go see it or not. Uh, they it also gives you practicing of good practice on learning how to talk to people, how to write, and also how to you know uh, create a content for for the web. I feel like it's gonna be something everybody's gonna be doing in the future. And you know where I don't know. I mean I don't know how bad it's gonna be, but Hideo Kojima um, the creator of Metal Gear Solid has created a game called Death Stranding where he uh, basically says that the world's going to be like a just like post-apocalyptic where you know only thing that's going to be valuable is like deliveries and I feel like he's more right every day <laughs> 
But uh, yeah, Masters of Gathering Arena. All right, so the game was in beta for like a year or two. And um, the game is basically a tabletop game where you play as a character, uh, a, a spellcaster, who um, tries to get the opponent down from 20 life. You start at 20 life and you get to zero. And you, you basically bring their life total down by doing things like casting creatures and attacking, casting spells, you know, and um, or you can, can you don't have to even get their life down. You can actually get them down by some alternative win condition that is usually um, made up from the card that you're using. It's a special card. You might be able to get that down, or you might be able to um, do something something what they call decking them, where um, everybody will start with a certain amount of cards, and if they run out of cards, they lose the game. So uh, this puzzle logic game is very addictive because every time you play you have to figure out how the how to approach your opponent how to beat your opponent down and it, it can and you know it, you can always be thinking about it and because it's online now that's the thing it's online now i record every single one of my games and i will go over it and with because of how ubiquitous these applications are i can utilize like vlc player to speed up the game and it runs through every single piece of the game i can see different parts i can go play by play like i'm watching sports center and um i think that because of that um i like doing that to find out i can also get other people's opinion on whether i'm doing something right or how i'm doing something wrong or why i like playing this particular deck versus that particular deck why cars like this suck why because these things rule and uh and then i hopefully over the next year i can try to find i can try to show uh i can show people through the, through the blog why i think that my level of playing can stay consistent meaning that i think that my consistency i well, when i first started playing magic it was more of an aggressive quick you know time to quick fast game and i used to lost to a lot of people who were usually better than me but as i played them more and more and more, I began to realize their weaknesses and their strengths, and I adapted. I utilized their strengths and I applied it to my own. And I actually, you know, one of the, I think the top, I, I, I actually qualified and I went to a national tournament in um, 2002. Um, I think it was 2002, yeah. And um, I actually topped, uh, I came in third place for the region, regional, it was a regional tournament. And um, maybe I may save that for another, you know, blog later on where I can talk about that. But I think that being able to um, to play this game is goes hand in hand in learning anything. You know, um, one thing about the deck, the game is that every three months is a new theme of deck cards that come out, and the cards are even though the cards are different, they have different spells, different abilities. The mechanics are roughly the same. You still have to play, you draw seven cards, you still have to draw, um, you can only play certain cards during certain times. And um, what usually changes a little bit, like for instance, the, the current set that's out, Throne of Eldraine. Throne of Eldraine is a set that has an adventure spell. So like the creatures now can have an additional spell that can be cast without casting the creature. And because of that, it adds some extra play into your, your deck on what you what the person can do. 
you know, so what I m- m- mainly is there's some things that are consistent every single set and there's some things that aren't. And you have to kind of like grab the information quickly and then be able to use it in the set so that way you can you can beat your opponent. You know, it's very, very fun. I mean, like, I think one thing I like about it is that it doesn't really, it's not like chess where, you know, the, the pieces like keep, like imagine like every six months a piece did something different, you know, and then like, you know, the pawn rotated out and then like your pawn, then you had like a pawn that can, that can play like a queen, you know, or you would have like a rook that, that can be a pawn or be a bishop. Like that would be, that would go insane, you know? So that's kind of like how magic is. You know, so um, I definitely think that everybody should pay attention to these separate the games and try to spend time playing them, because I think that the life is going to change more like a game, and we're going to need to be able to find out the our information and utilize it effectively so we can live the best life. So that's it. Uh, thanks for listening, and uh, see you guys uh, next week. Bye. One fine day, you realize to your astonishment. There is no way at all of having your mind anywhere else but in the present moment. Because even when you think about the past or the future, you're doing it now, aren't you? And that results in a very curious transformation of consciousness. You feel that that the present moment is flowing along and carrying you with it all the time. Just like the flow of the Tao. The flow of the Tao is as if what we would call the flow of the present. See? And you're with it. There's no way of being anywhere else. The Jung Yong, the book called uh, The Unwobbling Pivot, says the Tao is that from which one cannot deviate. That from which one can deviate is not the Tao. Or to put it into the form of a Zen story, the Master Joshu said to Nansen, what is the Tao? Nansen replied, your everyday mind is the Tao. Joshu asked, how do you get into accord? Nansen replied, when you try to accord, you deviate.